Hey everybody, it's Victor and Nick. Nick and Victor from Megasheen. What's going on, people? Ooh, well, it seems like too much because every time I turn around, <laughs> the world is falling apart. Every time I look around, it's in my face. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> It's a lot going on. So, Victor, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am in Seattle. I am winding down my my two weeks of being out of office slash working slash vacation slash everything else. But I'm good. I'm, I'm enjoying the fall weather in this town. Um, there's a lot of woke white bays in Seattle here um seeing white men wear um black lives matter t-shirts and all that great stuff is amazing um and they're very flirty too so that's interesting to be a part of (laughs) well all right for that yes but yeah but it seems like there's so much going on right now and as you know the election is almost here and it is getting testy. Michelle Obama was out today, North Carolina, looking good, talking that good talk. So what that, has she not looked good? I know. I'm just like, is you know what? And it's hard to believe that we're not gonna see her as much anymore. But we don't know because she could pop up and be like, "Guess what? I'm about to do." So listen, if she runs in 2020, oh my gosh, that would just be everything. But I don't think. No, she says she's. she's Done. She, I don't think she really wants to do it, and I think she would be better off doing other things. Yeah, she's probably ready to, like to get out and be like sick of this. I had I had to be nice to y'all. I'm not gonna be nice anymore. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Well, let's get on into Aunt May's tea. Well, you know, before we get in that, how are you doing? Because your birthday is coming up, and you're about yeah, to have so, some. Yeah, my birthday. Uh, it's actually a national holiday, so tell Uh-oh. your bosses and employers that, you know, just take off work. <laughs> um, I am heading off to Las Vegas for my birthday, yes. and I cannot be more thrilled to spend the big three O down in Vegas. You know, with some peoples, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. If I don't come back or y'all don't hear from me, then that means I'm starting a new life. Uh, under a different name so yeah (laughs) (laughs) you said a new life but yeah I'm excited about it I'm so excited that's good so let's now get into this tea because apparently the world is falling apart especially in the comic world oh my god did somebody like throw a bomb in there or something I don't know but let's kind of of talk about that a little bit so let's see so well, one of the things is um, the writer. This is something that just kind of popped up. This the writer um, for Mockingbird. Um, you probably y'all probably heard about it. Um, she was basically chased off <laughs> of Twitter because of folks upset at the cover. Now, a lot of y'all may have seen this cover. The cover is Mockingbird. She's like on like on kind of in a vacation look, and it says, you know, can I talk to you about my feminist agenda, and a and apparently that just bothered a lot of dude bros out there who just felt like Congress is supposed to be idealistic or blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, that's funny because Magneto is always talking about his ideals 
Um, if you think about comics in general, a lot of the villains' ideals are very, you know, about race, about culture, about beliefs. But I guess this was just too much for them. I don't know if you saw that, but did you see that cover and that whole issue? I did, and it was just a really a lot to. Why do people get all up in arms with something? It's just the same shit that uh, Leslie Jones had to deal with yeah. when people ran her off Twitter. It's like, why do these people get so much in their feelings? With it's like if it's a little bit of change, then they get they piss and moan and cry like a baby. Yeah. I almost I had it out with somebody on Twitter, and I was like, you know, you seem really upset or mad, so I'm gonna give you this cape so you can be super mad. <laughs> so it just. And then I got, he blocked me like a punk ass. Lord. So I'm like, just get over it. Yeah. Just get over it. Yes. And that, but also I think there was more as I talked to one of the main editors in chief over there. I think it's Brian Michael Bendis. And it just felt like he was not listening, you know? And I was, and I think, you know, Black Girl Nerds and a few others addressed him about this. And it just felt like you're not listening. It, I think he was saying like it's not just the comics it's not the comics and it, and it is it's it's people are coming out <clears throat> and mostly men I don't know what what is happening here where men feel so threatened that a fantasy world can't be I don't know full of fantasy like I feel like they are trying to limit what we can see and believe and what can be you know imagined because when new things pop up they just fall apart and I'm like really y'all I mean this is all fantasy. It's all fantasy. Right. Like, it, like when we talked about in our last episode about Game of Thrones having an issue with minority uh, characters, but they don't seem to have a problem with it when it comes to introducing all these damn types of dragons. It's like, you can bend the laws of reality for dragons. Yes. But you can't bend those same laws of reality for introducing characters or people that you would see in real life. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And, you know, men, y'all got to do better because this is ridiculous. And the fact that y'all went after the writer in such vigor and in such ways that was just so unnecessary and so... You know, just ridiculous because you felt, I don't know if you felt threatened. I don't know what you was feeling. But it's the fact that y'all went too far, too far. It was just really sad. And I really hope that in the future we don't continue to see this because this should not happen. This should not be, you know, something that we have to deal with. Chelsea, um, her name is Chelsea Kane, the writer of Markenberg, should not have to endure this. This is a, an award-winning writer bestseller book writer and uh-huh. please I don't know if y'all love to have these broke ass writers um, that y'all been used to to keep writing stuff but we we need diverse writers and we need people to tell different stories and, and what's so funny about it is her graphic novel of Mockingbird is the highest and best selling Marvel graphic novel right now uh-huh. really y'all it's so stupid. It's so oh, yeah. stupid. And then I saw some of the uh, these assholes that were talking. 
it's an attack on me as a man. I'm like, okay, first of all, you are like... <laughs> attack on you as a man. Girl. Pussy right now. Girl, you, please. Just the words. Are you you're shaking like a leaf? Number one. Number two, guy that I got into into it, got into it with uh, DJ Ben Amin of Fan Bros, and he was saying, oh, comics have been around just since the 70s. Um, comics have been around longer than that, so before you even fix your mouth to say that bold face of a lie, <laughs> let's get the facts straight. Like, how are you going to come to an argument and just tell lies? <laughs> like, at least debate and have your shit straight. But they ain't ready for that, so... Right. It's it's really depressing because, you know, I grew up on comics and comics to me was that place where ideas and, you know, everything was just vast. It was just like open to so much and you were ready for it to be mind blown with something new. Like you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't think you can do that. Or, you know, when you like for Jean Grey, Jean Grey was able to do things with her mind um, that was amazing that I couldn't really imagine. And, you know, or Storm was able to do things or, you know, Raven was able to do all this, you know, interesting thing with her powers. And I love the fact that you could just imagine what that was like. Now people feel like you gotta, it has to be a certain way. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be a certain way. And why are we running so scared from, you know, change and creativity and all that great stuff? Like, what is it, what, what, are, what are they really going through? Right, this is something, it's, it just goes to show that this kind of white privilege is prevalent in every facet of society and especially in comics and geek culture mm -hmm. Mm. and I don't think this is not the last time this shit is going to happen it's going to happen tomorrow it's going <laughs> to happen next month it's going to happen next year until we really get to like to the root cause of it and True. just going on to another topic when it comes to Riri Williams, oh, yeah. um, the creator, um, what was it, last week, he drew Riri as if she was a grown-ass woman. And mind you, Riri is only 15. Yeah. And, like, I swear to God, she looked like a an executive with a 401k. No, I look at it, she's about to go up in here and do um she's about to give diamond a run for her money in players club because the way she was dressed i was like okay all right and the person who drew her and, and it was j scott campbell um i didn't appreciate the way he you know reacted because people were like bringing it up to him and he was trying to be like well this is just y'all whining blah, blah blah i'm gonna write it out and i was like no sir this is people who have concerns because you are you know, the way that you are portraying this black girl is, is an issue in our society, how black girls, black women are perceived. And here you are drawing her in this way that is not appeasable, you know? And so I love the fact that there was a hashtag created, you know, teens that look like teens. Um, a show like, you know, we again, growing up with comics, Kitty Pride was 13 and a half. She looked like she was in her teens. New Mutants, the Teen Titans. Somebody said Teen Titans. I was like, well, they were 19 and 20. And some 19 and 20 year olds do look grown. But this is a 15 year old. And she should have looked like a 15 year old. So, you know, I applaud everybody who brought that to attention. 
But I also applaud Marvel for snatching that cover up and said, no, ma'am, we will not be putting it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, Steph, I will. Yes. Uh, asked the question. And her mentions, I know her mentions was on fire for like at least a week. Yeah. And it just, black women, especially black women, are not here for, uh, they're not here for, men to sexualize, to objectify, to make them as they're just possessions. Mm-hmm. They're just here for to sexual gratification. Mm-hmm. I, I, that has to be black and white. So I don't know why if a woman, particularly a black woman, stands up and says that's not right, then she's being, oh, a bitch, or she's being a sassy black woman, Oh, she's speaking out of turn. You know, my sisters. Because A, you'll get cussed out by them. B, you'll <laughs> have to answer to me. True. And- I don't understand why people really fix their mouth to say that, that. And especially black men. A lot of heterosexual black men fix their mouth to say that too. And I'm like, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> yeah, I... All I- this shit about black women? Yeah. The same musty-ass breath? You want a black woman to kiss you? You want a black woman to go down on you? You want a black woman to fix your dinner? Come on now. Yeah, it, it was I'm so just, sick of that. Yeah, I, I'm tired of it too. And I was like, you know, and again, you know, artists, comic book artists, you have to remember that you, what you're doing, you have a huge responsibility. Yes, you're going to be subjected to some some foolishness and criticism that is just so much out there. But when you when you are doing something to where it is affecting someone's culture or affecting how we are perceived, listen, we're not asking you to do much else, but to listen, just listen and understand where we're coming from. I, I, I just found it interesting how, um, Jake Scott Campbell responded to things and, and really wasn't paying attention. And, and it just speaks a lot of volumes, but also it, it let us also know, that, you know, things are changing in the comic book world. You know, back in the 90s, you can do a lot of this pinup art and sexualize a lot of female characters. A lot of that was happening in the 90s so bad. Like, I think about Witchblade, and I think about um, Angela, who she started out in, um, oh, I can't think of the name, Spawn Comics, and she kind of went on her own. And then how Wonder Woman, at one point, when she was drawn, it, her outfit was so skimpy. Like, the way things were done, um, it was just very cheap in the 90s. So some of these artists have managed to have a career all the way up to now, but things are changing now. We have more women who are drawing, more women who are telling stories, and, and more women who are reading comics. Not that today wasn't in the past, but they're doing it now, and they're demanding better. And so when they demand better, you need to listen. Exactly. You have to make the world, you have to make the comics look as if it's the world that you live in. There's mm-hmm. no such... 20 years ago is not the same as right now, mm-hmm. like, at all. So I need them to get in line and just get information. Basically. Point, point blank, period. <laughs> Let's see. What's, oh, Lord. So this week has been... We're Some of us are still in mourning because we lost some characters from our favorite show. The Walking Dead. <laughs> I just have to say, 
this past Sunday, I was on the ground. I was basically cooking, hiding behind the car. You know that meme that goes around? <laughs> cooking, looking. That was me on the floor holding onto the bed because I knew Negan was coming, his fine ass. I knew he was coming to wreck shop. And I didn't know he was going to take first. He took away my one of my crushes and that was Abraham he took Abraham away I have a crush on Abraham I'm not gonna lie about it y'all can laugh at me all you want but I have a crush on him and took him away he did but Abraham went out like Abraham yes you know Abraham wasn't gonna be no bitch about it nope Which he stood up and was ready and I was like oh it's it's sad that Abraham had to go out but I kind of figure out of all of the characters he was the one that was probably going to get it. Yeah. And I and I felt bad for Sasha because in some ways I felt like they were they were going to connect. But I kind of wanted him and that other guy to connect. For some reason, oh. I was thinking <laughs> they, they might get together too, but th- that's my dirty mind. But my feelings were destroyed when he went over to Glenn. I was not ready for that. Now see, let's back up before we get to that because... Daryl, I don't know what he thought he was thinking. Out of all those people, he thought he was going to get in on uh, Negan and hit him. And I'm like, Negan just told your ass that he's in charge. And he already just mollywopped one of y'all. So what did you think that if you hit him, what was going to happen? So I blame Glenn's death entirely well don't do that because you know daryl's my other it's my other guilty pleasure because i want to i want a night with daryl i don't care what nobody else says there's something fine about daryl first before i touch that well okay well we could take a bath together and then but you know um well he has to take a shower first then we'll take a bath together but then um you know i'm not gonna blame daryl because that's daryl but when he went to glenn i was like no you can't you can't touch him. I wanted to jump through the screen and say, no, nah, bitch, you can't do this. But, you know, it's, I, <laughs> I can only do so much. Yeah. And that was when he took that first swing at Glenn. And then <sighs> Glenn was trying to talk to Maggie with his eye popped out. Uh, it was It was rough to see. And as graphic as Walking Dead has been, that was pretty graphic to watch. Yeah. It was. And I that was hard to watch because I I I've I've and I was watching the marathon since I've been away. So the marathon's been playing for the past two weeks, you know, leading up to the, the, the premiere and I was watching it and I was falling back in love with the characters again. Because you know, sometimes we get so caught with other shows you kinda lose everything, but to see it, you know, back to back to back helped me you know, really just really get back into the characters. And Glenn, Glenn was just always that, he was just there for them. And he was, you know, I think when he first started, how he was like being kind of a little asshole, like when, but the whole tank and all that. But, you know, but how he just became this man that was just amazing. And I wasn't ready for that. And I knew in the comics he was going to go. And, you know, but I just wasn't ready for that. Yeah, Glenn was always that moral compass for the group mm-hmm. to tell them what was right and what was wrong and what we should do and how to keep our humanity in this fucked up world. Yeah. So now that that's gone, and basically 
Negan made uh, um, fuck, what's his name? Rick. Rick. Yeah. Made him his bitch. Like that. Once Rick is down, like the whole group morale was down. So I don't know what's it gonna take to get this group back together. But right now, Negan is, for uh, lack of a better word, the head nigga in charge. Yeah, he is. He is, and that was hard. But you know what was also hard was watching, like, you know, the there was, like, this, a couple of videos of, like, showing when Glenn joined and, you know, how that experience was. But also when they were all saying goodbye to him. And that one scene in the in that episode when there was, like, together at a picnic table I was like oh no you know I was like that is yeah, so that, hard to watch yeah that scene that will actually never play and yeah did you see the scene where uh all the cast members were kissing them yeah oh that was so cute I love that wasn't that I was like oh y'all are just adorable I know and I wanted but, to kiss them too but not on yeah. well Glenn you're gonna be missed <laughs> and now the group needs to get they, I think they need to, what they need to do is play it cool for the most part and little by little get their shit together and then slit his throat. Yeah, get in there and slit Negan's throat. I'm, uh, oh, he was, he maybe was making me so angry. I just wanted to hit on myself. I was like, oh, you were just, mm. right. But that's what you want in a villain. Yeah. And like that. to be captivating and alluring and to hate him. Mm hmm. But, to have almost a respect for him that he's just he's a man of his word mm-hmm. and if you get out of line I'm gonna tell you that you're out of line so I mean he's I was scared of him and almost kind of turned on by him but that's a uh, grown folks conversation so. you know I, I, I admit <laughs> no that's true because sometimes villains do that to me like that like Nino Brown did that to me <laughs> I can I cannot stand. I still have a resentment towards Wesley Snipes to this day for that fucking character. Oh my god, I hated him. I know, but some there are some. We have to do an episode about that one day about you know the villains that we love to hate, but you know that could get it at the same time. <laughs> because I know I know y'all feel the same way out there. Don't play. I know y'all feel the same right. way. So yeah, Negan is fine self. You're evil. But if you wanted, if you needed a moment, I wouldn't stop you. <laughs> right. So moving on in Aunt Mace T. So uh, it was announced that uh, Nintendo is going to release its newest uh, console. Mm-hmm. It is called the Switch. It's going to be released March of 2017. And it's a really cool piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. So you have the ability to switch between handheld and TV mode, and TV mode is just hooking up to actual TV. It has two detachable pieces, and the controllers, they're calling them Joy-Cons. You can, you know, play it almost like the the Wii. Hmm. Uh, I didn't see that there was any kind of price point set <laughs> coming out soon. I would say maybe between two to $400 mm-hmm. at the initial price set. Also, not a uh, when it was announced, just not a game lineup. But during the initial release trailer, we saw screenshots of Skyrim 
Legend of Zelda and NBA 2K17. So it was actually really cool. And Nintendo has always been innovative as far as their hardware, not so much as their software. And another issue, I don't understand why it was released. This is going to be released all the way from until next year. It should, in my opinion, be released here in the next, I don't know, couple of weeks to get in on the holiday season. Mm-hmm. But who knows what they're doing? I don't know. Let's see. We'll see when it's released. Um, more news are is supposed to be coming out in the next few weeks. So we'll see. I don't know if I'll get it. I might play <laughs> it on if somebody has it. But it is interesting. Okay. I mean, I, I was seeing a lot of people talk about that. And I was, and the fact that it looks like the original one, I was like, oh my God, that looks, that just takes me back. But I thought it, that was pretty cool. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does. It really does. I think there's a lot of tech stuff happening. Like, like the, what, what happened today? Like the Apple stuff? All that was interesting today. Yeah, too. Apple announced um, a new macro. Uh, and I, I was busy with work, so I couldn't keep up with it. But I think the price point is going to be like $1,800 or something for uh, a Mac and all of this mm-mm. newfangled stuff. $1,800. I'm like, that's a girl. That's a trip to Rome. Y'all can find me for that. No, I saw that. And they also got rid of, you heard they got rid of Vine too? They got rid of Vine. Twitter got rid of Vine. Yeah, I saw that after. And not only that, Twitter is announcing some uh cuts as far as their personnel Oops. like a nine percent cut Uh oh. So but, but like, what's hmm. i don't understand what's going on over there but yeah because i'm like what is but what's better then because now i'm wondering like where where is everybody running to that they have to do this cut right i figure in the next few years somebody's going to try to make a bid for twitter hmm. yeah, as far as somebody like um like an Apple or a Facebook. Because, uh, again, with the tech news, AT&T just closed the deal with uh, Tom Warner. So... (laughs) Lord. Yeah, so it's a lot of all these, I don't know, I don't want to say monopolies, but Mm monopoly-like companies starting to build up, so they have their hand in almost damn near everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't... Yeah, it's a lot of that going on right now. I mean, you you saw it uh, in the early 2000s in the airplane industry when everybody was getting bought up and bought out and bankrupt and this, that, <laughs> and the third. Yeah. So it's just another, it's just hitting another industry. Wow. Well, jumping into some movie news. So the Logan trailer came out. And it looks... The, the, here's the thing about Fox. When they do trailers, sometimes the trailers get you caught up. And you're like, ooh, that's going to be good. I.e. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you find out, like, um, this was a bunch of garbage. But I have a little bit more faith in this Logan trailer because it was very interesting. I want to know what happened to the X-Men. I want to know... You know, who is that girl? Is that supposed to be Laura or X-23? There was a lot that was in there. Professor X is still around. 
Um, so what's happened? And is this the same future that we're seeing in the right. X-Men universe, or is this an, an, an alternative one that happens before? Who knows? So, you know, because do remember, Logan met up with, um, at, at the end of The Wolverine, he met up with both Professor X and Magneto. Then years later, we had the we had the X Men first. No, we had X Men Days of Future Past. So I'm assuming that that this is what happened in the mix of that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. This is kind of an interesting uh, space yeah, where this movie would be in. Or as where the, if this movie is going to play in the X Men timeline. Yeah. Um. At first. I watched the trailer. I was like, okay, yet another Wolverine movie. Um, I don't understand why Professor X is still alive, number one. Um, and then I watched it again, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm feeling it this this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some digging about the actual movie, and I found out that they, t- they said that Logan was supposed to be about 200 years old when mm-hmm. this movie was released. And according to the director, James uh, Mangold, who he did like a Girl Interrupted, he did the remake of 310 to Yuma. Mm -hmm. He said that Wolverine's healing factor is supposed to be slowing down and aging, uh, which is why in I think one of the last few shots that he saw those scars around uh, on on his body. Mm -hmm. Now also, that X-23 is going to be in it. And uh, if you don't know who X-23 is, uh, she is a clone of Logan, and she was created by Chris Yost and Craig Kyle. And she was initially introduced in the X-Men Evolution cartoon. Mm -hmm. And because she got such a good response, she was uh, brought into the comic world and had her own storylines and this and that. So I'm more interested to see than Logan and mm-hmm. I, I really do hope that they just kill Logan off mm-hmm. and let X-23 take up the mantle of Wolverine yeah and that would be neat too but I, and I also like the fact they've added in Donald Pierce and the Reavers now for many of you um, Donald Pierce was a member of the original Hellfire Club um, well the 80s version of the Hellfire Club he was one of the members who was a part of the whole you know, possession of Phoenix when they were trying to get a hold of her to be the Black Queen. And then he also played a big role um, in the beginning with um, the New Mutants because he was, you know, a part of that situation where he was trying to round them up or trying to get rid of them. Or I can't remember the graphic novel of the New Mutants, but he was a big part of that. But he really played a key role when the X-Men were in Australia. He was um, a part of the Reavers. And he led the Reavers. And the Reavers were kind of this, you know cyborg, you know, mercenaries. Um, Lady Death Strike was a part of them too. So um, it was neat to see, you know, you know, this live version of Donald Pierce and the Reavers. Now I wonder if we will see Lady Death, a, a new Lady Death Strike in this. Uh, she wasn't in the preview, but you never know, she could pop up. But I, I thought it was neat that they added them in there because again, they were so big in the X-Men Australia days back in the late 
eighties, nineties ish. So that was neat to see. I was happy to see that. Well, uh, we also didn't see Mr. Sinister in it, so we mm. might get uh, some more teaser trailers uh, before it comes. I think it's supposed to be released uh, March yeah. of 2017, so we'll probably get a, a couple of more trailers, uh, some hints before it's all said and done. And that's that true. would be really cool to see uh, Lady Deathstrike again, because in the second X-Men movie, she was played by, I want to say, Kelly, Kelly Yu? I think so. Um, and she, she was really good. I think she shouldn't have died. Yeah. But she was, uh, Kelly did that for Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I wanted more of her. Like, I would like to, yeah, I would like her to survive and then, like, come back in other situations again. So, yeah. Exactly. So, what else do we have up in this tea house? Um, oh. So. Um, kind of along with the movies this is kind of a side note but apparently black folks are well hoteps are upset because Medea Boo came out whatever it is and you know whatever it is it's it's Medea people like Medea but they also took a moment to try to compare people going to see that to people going to see Birth of a Nation (laughs) Saying that we are something is wrong with you if you went to go see this, but you wouldn't go see that. And I just wanted to say that first of all, there's nothing wrong with any of us because we didn't want to see Birth of a Nation. We already explained to y'all why we didn't want to see Birth of a Nation. One, Nate, I mean, Nate Turner, Parker. Well, Lord, I was getting, I always get that mixed up. He messed it up for him for himself by going out here talking foolishness. About, you know, what happened with him years ago and all that stuff on the circuit. Two, the movie wasn't all that good either. I told y'all about, you know, I got to see a screener. It was not all that good. It was very on the nose. It was very broke to me. And a lot of people felt the same way. And again, people are tired of slave movies. Medea, you know, it's garbage too. But people like to laugh. And so people wanted to see this. I, I will give credit to Tyler to... to actually take Medea to a different level because this is different than what we normally get with Medea we normally get you know the whole you know black men if you're dark skin is evil light skin you're great and pray and everything would be better and you know you went through and, and the woman's always down and I think in this one it was just you know it's a scary mix or something so it was different so I give him somewhat credit for you know challenging the viewer when it came to this so Whatever, but y'all need to quit trying to... Y'all, Burp of the Nation is not the color purple. It is not Ease by You. It is not um, classic black movies um, that we... Jason's lyric is not... Is set it off. It's not in that level. And yes, I put set it off in there because it is a classic right. black movie to me. I'm saying that at the end of the day, that movie was, just did not work. And just let it, it go. Just let it go. And it was it, it was historic historically inaccurate, number one. Um, <laughs> and don't tell me how to spend my money, number, right. number two. Like, if I want to go support something, I'll go support it. And just because it's a black, it's centered around black people and it's about a black historical figure 
doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to support it. You know, sure, we need to support and uplift black everything. However, mm-hmm. we need to be just as critical as it of it. And if it's crap, we need to say that it's crap. We yeah. can't out here go celebrating shit all the time. <laughs> you know, we have to demand a certain level of excellence. Yeah. When cinema, when TV, when books, comics, anything is representing black people as a community. So I'm you know, tell them ashy hoteps to go sit down because it's getting fall. You need to get something on them lips. You need to get something <laughs> on them that skin that is cracking. Yes. I recommend almond oil, some jergens, cocoa butter, shea butter. Something. All of that. And you can get that at Bath and Body Works. You get that at Walmart. Because some of y'all don't know no better. So y'all can go on over exactly. there and get that mess. And shut up. But jumping back. Since we were talking about Logan. Marvel has kind of woke up. And realized that you know. X-Men have always been our big money cow. So as some of y'all noticed. They were toning them down a lot. In the comic book world. But now, in 2007, they are bringing them back. They are actually trying to relive the 90s again with the X-Men. So next year, we're about to see a whole new burst of X-Men comics. Um, X-Men Blue and Gold comics. Like They're about to bring it back um, again by making an X-Men you know, prime in the Marvel Universe. And I wonder... I wonder, as they are doing this, they have, you know, they're introducing new teams, new individual comics. Jean Grey will have our own comic. Um, Cable will have his own comic. Iceman will have his own comic. But I'm wondering, is there a deal happening with Marvel Studios? That's a good question. Because, because what was it, a few... A few months ago, I've heard mm-hmm. that Marvel wanted to get the rights of, of X-Men from Fox, and they were in some kind of talks, and then I didn't hear anything about it. Yes, and right now, the new TV show, Legion, which is based off of Professor Xavier's son, Legion, that's a series coming out there as a collaboration with them. Hmm. And so I'm, and I think that's coming on FX. Um, yeah. And it looks like it's going to be one of those weird <laughs> shows. But I was, I looked at that and I saw a little bit more of that last night. And I was thinking, is there, have y'all done something behind our backs and we just don't know about it yet? Because I wonder, but then I also realized that Marvel is doing so-so right now in comics. DC is really kicking their ass right now. So, um, not in the movies, but in comics. And so I think that they realized that the X-Men has always been their big money, you know, their big money cow. But I wonder, is there something else coming in the works? So, yeah, I mean, if y'all haven't been paying attention, they have announced that they're about to just relaunch the X-Men back into the universe in so many great ways, and I'm excited for that. But I still think there's something bigger coming, and I just I, I just can't put my hands on it right now. Oh, yeah, we might need to keep an eye out on little certain things mm-hmm. because... I've heard it somewhere like the the best place to hide something is in plain sight. Yep. So let's, yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that. We will. 
All right. Anything else? Um, cause this tea was 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 hot today. Anything else? It, it was piping hot today. <laughs> I'm good for my. I'm I'm all out. All right. I'm I'm warmed up now, so we can kind of move on into our next segment, which is going to be interesting because it matches um, the holiday or Halloween, which is kind of holiday for a lot of us. That's coming up soon. We're going to talk about our favorite scary movies and all that great stuff. So, our king size issue today is scary movies. What did you like and why you like it? So, Nick, why don't you kick it off and tell us, you know, some of your movies that you like and why. Okay. So... My first movie that I'm going to talk about, uh, it's a it's a classic to me. Mm-hmm. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the mm-hmm. 1956 version, mm-hmm. the original. Uh, it was directed by Don Siegel, and it starred uh, Kevin McCarthy and Dana Winter. Now, if you didn't know, uh, I'll give you the quick plot of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So, these big sea pods come down or are found on earth and they just take the form of the other person and their transformation is complete when the other person goes to sleep so uh this the doctor is slowly but surely coming to realize that these things are trying to take over everybody and the reason i picked this movie is because number one uh, is of the sleep that you have to stay awake otherwise you're not going to be you when you wake up. That terrified me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the story, it's kind of a cliffhanger. You don't know what happens at the end. Um, he's talking to, the, they, they bring him in to uh, get meta, psych uh, evaluation because they think he's crazy and all this. But once the story starts unfolding and he... Uh, the, I think it was an FBI agent, starts to realize that he's telling the truth, then he he runs out and, you know, you can hear him telling everybody to get on the phones and call Washington, yada, 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 and it just ends. Mm-hmm. Now, Invasion of the Body Snatchers also played a part, uh, played up to this sense of, uh, it was very uh, political in its uh, storytelling as far as communism was coming to take over and it was here already and that no matter what you do that it was here to stay and you had to just be assimilated and it was I remember seeing it for the first time and I was so scared that something was going to take over me and I wasn't going to be me Mm -hmm. and to this day that feeling of being I don't know helpless because you need sleep, otherwise you you couldn't you can't function. That it was a no win situation. And invasion of the body snatchers. This version is not bloody. You don't see any kind of uh, gore. It plays a lot up on suspense and thriller, uh, which a lot of movies uh, back in that specific time and those uh, sci-fi movies did. Uh, so this is actually one of my favorite movies of all time hmm. and I, I remember I haven't seen the original but I've seen the 1970 version well that was kind of 
freakish in so many ways. It was long, but it was kind of freakish because you couldn't trust anyone. And then there's been like different right. versions. Like there was a movie called The Puppet Masters that was somewhat similar. And then there was another version that came out in the late 90s or in the mid 90s um, where it was um, a, a young girl was like experiencing this. So it was, it, it is a scary thought to be like, you know, once you go to sleep, you may be something different or your friends may be something different when y'all, you know, leave the next day, you know, come leave when they come back and see them the next day, they, they could be totally different. But yeah, I mean, I would love to see the original. I'll probably need to like sit down and look at that one. Because you're yeah. right, the movies back then was more in, they used suspense more than what we do now. And so mm-hmm. that that tells a better story um, than most of anything. But my thing is, I love gore. <laughs> I love gore and all that stuff. So I came into horror, and I love horror. I live for it. If I could write horror movies, that's all I would do for the rest of my life. Um, I love it. So one of the first ones that stuck out to me, um, of course, was Halloween. And I feel, you know, like that's, you know, the, the trite one to use. But Halloween was neat because I grew up in a place that looked like Haddonfield. Um, Haddonfield was in Illinois. So we looked at it like that's not that far away. But it was my 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 father was from Illinois. And so um and I think I was born in Illinois. I don't, I'm in mounds, <laughs> a place called, anyway. Um, but Halloween was real to me because it was all about, you know, there's babysitters. And so when I was growing up, um, we always had like my older cousins were babysitters or the, the person across the street was our babysitter. And so that stuff could really happen. But it was really interesting because, you know, it was all about this boy who kind of just went crazy and did all this stuff. And we had issues in my town where we had people who did things like that. We had a young girl who was missing and still is missing. She made, she was like the final unsolved mystery in the TV show. Um, her name was Marlena Childress. She was missing in, back in the 80s. Um, and it's still a mystery about what happened to her. Like it's a, it's like one of the biggest historic mysteries ever. Um, also, we had someone I grew up with who came out to be a killer, um, who killed and raped his niece and killed other people. But I grew up with him, so you know Halloween was just realistic in some ways because like that could actually happen because we lived in a town where it was like that. And not only that, I'm gonna also sneak in when a stranger calls because that movie, the original. That movie was really, it played on the ultimate urban legend about the babysitter and the calls that she got from the killer from inside the house. And I always tell people to watch the original, watch the first half and the third act. Skip the middle act because it was about the killer and nobody really cared about that. But the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes is the best thing ever. And Carol Kane played that role like I love like, to look at it. I love it. When he's uh the officer is on the phone talking to her and he tells her that the calls are coming from inside the house. Oh, you would have thought that all of the blood in me just drained out because I got so scared. I have never been that scared in my life before when I watched that movie and I was in a room full of full of folks. Yeah, and, and Man. Uh, Yeah, and I remember as a kid 
like, you know, Hollywood was always playing, but that movie came on one night. And I remember I was up late. Uh, my babysitter was up, but I was in, I was in my room watching TV because I had a TV in my room. And um, she was up, and I know she had, like, one of, one of her friends over. So we were supposed to be in bed, and I remember that, just watching that and having no idea what was going to happen. I was like, oh, my God, that can happen, because that can happen right now. So I could be calling. You know, that was just freaking me out. And so I always think that is a very, and then to know that's, like, a popular urban legend um, is very interesting, because if you look at a lot of the, the, the different stories around the babysitter, um, a lot of that has something to do with with Halloween being made, um, because that was also based about babysitters, and that was kind of the key piece. But it was very scary to know that the killer was could be in the, your house the entire time, and you have no idea. But you also would not know how to trace that. You know, like nowadays, you know, we can we can find a caller anywhere, but back then. Growing up back then, before we had caller ID, you couldn't. Right. So that was just really scary to me. That was really scary to me. It it really was. So another another scary movie for me was uh, The Blob, the nineteen fifty eight version, not mm-hmm. the the new eighties version. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this the original starred a young Steve McQueen. Yeah. Um, and that was actually his very first role as a leading man. And this one was scary to me, not because of the blob per se, but again, towards the end of it, uh, a spoiler alert, if you're, they drop the, the blob off, they finally mm-hmm. get it cooled yeah. because cold is the only thing that keeps it from moving and uh, taking everything. So they get it cooled and they drop it down in the, I guess it was the Arctic. And then there's this big question mark that yeah. comes on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It's like, you don't know what's going to happen, if it's going to come back, if if it's, you know, whatever. And those things, I think the fear of the unknown, the fear of you, you don't know what's going to happen, is much more scary to me personally than just, I'm going to stab you and there's going to be blood everywhere. Yeah. Like, a psych- psychologically fucking with somebody is I think much more uh, effective than the stereotypical I'm a killer and I'm gonna come for your house, you know? Yeah. Like those, you know, the run of the mill horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like things like Psycho, uh, Rear Window, those type of movies I love and those scare me more. Yeah. And it's so funny because if they wanted to, and we put an idea out there, we want the credit for it. If because of global warming, it could easily come back. That could be the storyline, like because of global warming, the blob can come back because, you know, the polar ice caps are melting. So that they can it can come back. It could be warm enough for it to actually come back. So, you know, that's something to really think about. And I remember that version. I did enjoy I was obsessed with it for some reason I remember watching the older version and I went to the theater to see the 80s version which was also interesting to watch too um but um that is scary to know that some of these things can come from space or be man-made um to where (laughs) we won't know that and speaking of man-made um another movie that I I didn't think it was scary but it it was 
Well, it was because it could be anything was the stuff. And the stuff was about this new ice cream that was made that basically was eating people from the, from the inside. Um, it's a classic 80s, because 80s had plenty of horror movies you can run through. But it was getting to a point where you can think about, you know, the, the things that we take for granted, like, you know, eating ice cream can kill you. And that was something that was really um, freaking me out a little bit as a kid. Um, and... Again, with the 80s, 80s just had a lot of interesting movies that was kind of freaky. But I think another one that was freaky, I'm going to throw out there really quick, is The Children. Um, Because that was something that was a man-made situation where a school bus drives under like this cloud that was something like this cloud that was something with the government and, they, and the, that they made. And they came out as these zombie-ish things that when they hugged you, they they disintegrated you. Um, and they all had black fingernails and they were attacking this town you could actually watch the children I think on on YouTube Um, but they use a lot of the 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 music from Friday 13th so you can when you hear the music it's it sounds so similar to the Friday 13th movies but it was just frightening because it was like wow little kids if we're not careful because of the things the government are doing you know when they do these experiments this could happen to us. So that was kind of scary for me when I saw that as a kid. Right. I think one of the the best scary movies out there or that has been made was Carrie uh, that featured uh, Sissy Spacek. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was originally a novel by Stephen King. And I mean, if you haven't seen Carrie, I don't know what you're doing. You have to go (laughs) see that movie. Yes. But that was scary in a sense that like no matter what she did nobody really gave a damn about her yeah and when she said you know what I'm fed the fuck up Mm -hmm. and y'all just gonna have to go and she started killing everybody and then uh, the scene where she walks through out of the, the gymnasium and locks the door that's scary to me um I really didn't think that she had to die. That was so, I was rooting for Carrie, you know, to make it. And it tore me up that nobody, even, uh, I forgot the the character's uh, name, the guy who actually took her out and then he started to like her. Tommy that Ross. he actually, yeah. he had to die. It just, it made me so upset that they would just treat her like that. Yeah. It's a bittersweet movie because I know, and it was just on the other day. And um, I was watching it because I, I, every time it's on, I always watch it. I always watch it. And it was also how I understood telekinesis because I was reading a lot. You know, when you read X-Men and Jean Grey and everybody like, what is what are you able to do? That was something that was helped that helped me process what that meant. Um, but Carrie it's interesting because the book is a whole lot and it gets more into detail in the book. But um, what was really sad was the fact that Sissy Spacek played that role so well because you couldn't help but to feel sorry for her. And you wanted her to have the happiness that she, she deserved. And it was really, like, the, the the scene that makes me, actually, I tear up every time I see it, is when her and Tommy are dancing and you realize that that's the greatest moment of her life and that's her last moment. It's, right. it's all at once. Know what's coming. And it's like, it's really sad because she... 
she internalized all of that so much that she only saw them laughing because um, I think they were saying that it, no, that in her mind she saw them laughing, but in reality, it was only a few of them that was laughing um, at her because they knew what was happening. Um, and I hated that Sue did not wasn't able to save her in time, um, and how everything went down. But in the book, yeah, she some people did get out, um, and she she did die in the book. Spoiler alert: she died of a brain aneurysm. Um, but I, I always wanted to believe that she didn't die in the movie. I always felt like that she's just hidden. I was kind of one of them like, when they did the sequel. If you saw the sequel, where it's her stepsister ish, I always wanted it to be like Carrie comes back because she could easily got herself out of that rubble if she wanted to. Um, but. I will always love the split screen. That opened me up to split screen. How they did that was good. How yeah. they did that. That was yeah. I, they did the hell out of that. Yeah. And I love that so much. I love how she used her powers. I love all of it. Brian De Palma was that was just magnificent. I love that. I will always love that. And so, and I love the fact that I think that's one of the few horror movies or thrillers. Um, where the actress and the supporting actress were nominated for Oscars. They were nominated for Oscars for those roles. Um, Sissy Spacek and the woman who played her mother, they were nominated for Oscars. <laughs> Piper, Piper Laurie, Piper Laurie. her mother. And Brian De Palma, he was always... His uh, camera was so good. Like, and mm-hmm. I remember he did uh, Dress to Kill. Oh, and my it was God, another yeah. 80s movie. Yeah. And he... He works the camera in such a way that it's, I don't see it being done today. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, the way, the cinematography, the music, the way he does things. I mean, I, I wasn't allowed to watch <laughs> Just to Kill because it was kind of, it was kind of dirty. Cause, it was um, off court four. Yeah, because um, that woman was, like, she was going through stuff, but she was kind of, she was feeling herself in the way, like, she was like, I'm trying to get mine in all situations. Well, anyway, yes, it was really, you know, he put Carrie, he put life into Carrie that I just didn't, I wasn't ready for. And the book was so different. But when, you know, but it's interesting because there's been different remakes. There's been, and there was a TV remake, um, which was very interesting to where Carrie did survive. And they were hoping to make a series out of it. Her and Sue go around and find other people like her. And then there was the other movie that wasn't bad. I actually, I actually enjoyed the second movie. Well, the the remake that was done a, a couple of years ago, and then there was that sequel, the Carry the Rage. The, the sequel was terrible. It was, but it was it was something. There was some cute parts about it, but it was. I was like, oh, they could have they could have got into that a little bit. It could have been done better. I would say. Right. I I agree. Um, I'm gonna say one final one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original, and it's, if you know me, a lot of my movies and my music references are from way back when. Mm-hmm. So my final uh, movie would be War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Now, before Tom Cruise uh, fucked it up, <laughs> was it Tom Cruise? Yeah, I he mean, was it. Yeah, anyway. Uh. War of the Worlds, uh, if you have, like, maybe an hour, it's not even that long, 
you go out and see it. Now, I will say the uh, special effects, they clearly, they don't live up to what they are now. But for its day, that movie was scary. Um, prior to the movie being made, it was actually a, a radio kind of uh, TV, a radio show. Yeah. And people actually thought that aliens were coming to take over the world. So when they actually made the movie, um, you got to see that played out on screen. Now, like I said, the special effects aren't are actually kind of terrible now. But the feeling that wherever you go, whatever you do, that these aliens, they can't be destroyed, they can't be killed, and they're wiping out everything. And the only thing that kills them is bacteria from our Earth. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty... I thought it was cool, and it scared me, especially this one scene where the main characters are in a house that got destroyed, and they're surrounded by the aliens, and one of the aliens grabs the woman. Well, she he just puts her hand on her shoulder, and she freezes up. And it's scary, especially when yeah. you're, like, 10 years old. You see this ugly-ass alien. But if you haven't seen that movie, I would advise to go out and see that and don't bother watching the newest version because that's <laughs> just going to irritate you. I have just two more and I'll run them really quickly. One of the movies I will always be that frightens me and excites me so much is The, the Return of the Living Dead. And that version was based in the 80s. It was based in Louisville, Kentucky, actually. And I remember I I was like, that's not too far from here. And that's the one where it's like it's these punk rocker kids and they they're trying to go meet their friend who's working at a graveyard and accidentally let out um, one of the zombies from apparently from the the night of the living dead and let it out. And it, it they only want to eat brains. And that's what they scream is brains. And it was so scary to me because they used a lot of music and things that were big in the 80s at the time. And um, they were eating brains. That's what they want. They didn't want to eat a body. They want to eat the brains. Um, and so it was really interesting. It was, very, it was a diverse movie, very diverse movie. Um, it was just crazy because I was thinking, that's in Louisville, Kentucky. That could happen here. Um, and so it was very scary to me. And I enjoy it. I still love it to this day. It's one of the... I think one of the classic zombies, one of the best zombie movies ever. Um, they had a couple of sequels, but the first one will only matter in my heart. Um, and another one is The Fog, the original The Fog. And it was something the way it was done that was so simple. Um, John Carpenter is amazing because he He's knew a master. Because he can make something, he, he, it was so simple, but it was basically a, count, a town was cursed for, you know, what they did to some sailors back a hundred years ago and they came back on that night to you know get their revenge but it was just kind of creepy that they were all hidden in this fog getting away from this fog and the music and the scenery and everything was just really amazing um and it was kind of scary because you know again every town small town has a history and i felt like that you know in my town i'm sure we have a lot of weird history that could come back and get us and even though i said i had two i have one more and that 
it wasn't like scary scary but creep show creep show is one of my favorite scary movies by stephen king because he mixed in a, a little bit of comics with scary stories um that was just amazing one of my favorite ones is father's day and a lot of you may have seen it father's day is based <laughs> where um the spoiler alert the father comes back he's like i want my cake because he's supposed to get his cake and his daughter killed him and didn't give his cake um but he comes back you can actually watch that particular one on youtube but it is wonderful i have the comic because there, there was a comic to the movie i have it creep show was amazing they did a sequel that was okay and they did a third one that was broke but had nothing to do with stephen king but i would say if y'all get a chance look at creep show is one of the best horror anthologies ever made so check that out i have one more yes and then we're going to wrap up <laughs> scream the original scream mm-hmm. was great it was for it's time yeah um i remember going to the movies with me my sisters my mom the theater was packed and it was something that we really didn't see it was kind of like a it was cheeky as far as kind of uh playing to those 80s uh horror movies but then remixing it in a way that it was not so much as making fun of them but playing homage to them yeah and the the first one was just so good and it actually it solidified all of those uh nev campbell's um everybody's careers and i had such a crush on ski but i tell you that man could have took me down (laughs) yes and he still has some cuteness to him too so I think a lot of us was in the skeet. It was I don't know what it was about him. I even had a I even kinda liked um what's his name? The other guy. His the partner. One that played Shaggy in that yeah, other because he's actually movie. he's actually cute in person. Like he there's something about him that's kinda cute too. I, I kinda liked him, but yeah, Skeet was that mm, like he, he like he can give you that look and you'd be like, Okay, I'm ready to do what we need to do. <laughs> he just had that about him. Let's go ahead and take this. It was. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and so that, I mean, I would say that, yeah, Scream was, Scream was really, like, it brought it back in the 90s. It brought back the whole horror genre in the 90s. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, it's fun to go to movies. Like, that was one of the movies that was best to go with a packed house because everybody was really into it. Another movie that was like that was The Ring. The Ring was scary and it took everything out of me. But it was so fun to be in Jersey City, in New Jersey, to see that in the theater full of folks, mostly black and Latino folks, and to see how they reacted to the end, basically, when she came out of that TV. So it was like people were jumping out of their seats, running out of the theater. And I love that. So the ring. Fuck around when shit goes down. Yeah, so like the ring will also be another the, the, my last movie um, that was actually scary but intriguing to watch. Now, wasn't the ring based off a, a Japanese uh, yeah thriller? Ringu, I was like, yeah, and those are interesting to watch too. I actually sat down and watched some of those, and you know, Japanese horror is amazing, amazing. Yeah, you have to 
you have to be with somebody to watch some of those Japanese horror movies because those are scary as fuck. Yeah, they don't play. French horror movies are great too. I think of High Tension and some of the others. Um, there are y'all. There are a lot of good horror movies out there. Take a take some time to go check that out. Also, you know, check out. Um, there, there's a podcast for Screen Bros. They talk about a lot of great stuff. Jamie and Chico talk about a lot of great stuff. So check them out. But horror is is big in the geek world. I feel like that you can't be a geek unless you like horror movies. So or some form of horror. Movies. Yeah, some yeah some form of horror because yeah. you know like I said, a psychological thriller mm-hmm. horror is much more horror. Yeah. To me, if I was you know portraying my idea of horror, that's what that would be. Mm-hmm. Especially when somebody's playing and you don't have an idea if it's real or not, if you know what's happening, right. and like the others was was like that because when the others revealed what was really happening, I was like, whoa, okay, all right, okay. Now see, I didn't like that movie. I was pissed off. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is it. <laughs> the same with the village. I was so oh, yeah, mad at the village. Was... I'm like, you know what? I, I fell asleep. <laughs> and that was like the only time I have. No, I, I fell asleep. I fall asleep I... in all his movies. Yeah. Except the visit, I was actually into the visit. I see, I haven't seen that one. But that's a good one. I, I won't spoil that. But you know, check that out. Okay. All right, everybody. All right, so that's, that's us this week. Yeah. So, any last words? Any final church announcements? Well, let's see, y'all. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. I, I uh, a special plug. Oh myself, I was very happy to find out that my um, my webcomic Strange Lore was trending. It started trending on Taptastic, which I was very excited because apparently Taptastic is where a lot of webcomics go to be seen. And I was so shocked to see that yesterday. Like, oh my God, I'm trending. But then also I want to thank Latanya for writing this great article about Strange Lore and even give us a shout out about Megashine too. Um, for Black Girl Dangerous. Um, so awesome. I was really excited to see that. So I'm happy about that. So that's something I wanted to share with y'all. And for those of y'all who are checking that out and checking us both out, whether it's that or Megashine, thank you and, and, and still stay with us. Exactly. Um, if you like what you hear, you want to comment or subscribe, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, you can follow uh, the podcast at Megashine Pod or our sister uh, account at Megashine. Uh, our website, themegashine.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash themegashine. Um, you can also follow me at Porter Pizzazz and Victor at Wonderband5. Um, anything else before we get up out of here? Um, y'all, just be careful, be safe, have a happy Halloween, and, you know, if not, just stay home, watch horror movies. And wear deodorant. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, everybody. Bye.